Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities, and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Hey, blessed to be a blessing. We have already been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Sometimes around here when you tell people to reduce the speed of a fan, they switch it off completely. Reduction and switching off are interestingly different. So we are blessed. You're blessed if you're a child of God. I'm blessed. The point is, how do my neighbors benefit? How do my neighbors benefit from the fact that I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing? How does my wife benefit from the fact that I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing? How do my kids benefit from the fact that I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing? They only get to taste of that spiritual blessing when I'm able to translate it into something they can relate with. A lonely person will only benefit from your spiritual blessing when you have time to spend with them. A person who has no money and needs it will only benefit from your spiritual blessing when you have some to give them. A person without clothing will only benefit from a spiritual blessing when you are able to give them some clothes. Am I making sense? So our role here is to translate. The reason you're able to use a computer is because the people who know how computers really work have come up with software that enables you to benefit from the computer. Otherwise, if you are all to use zero zeros and one ones, many of us would never be able to use the computers we use. Because you have never stopped to think, why is it you click and the picture comes? It's not magic. There is a lot of zeros and ones behind that picture. But those people, God has given them the wisdom to translate what they know into what we can benefit from. And that's what God is calling us, Worship Harvest Church, and whoever else is watching, to be translators of the heavenly reality to people's real present needs. And in this season, we are looking at that in terms of generosity and finances. Last week we looked at, and the other, the last week's been looking at the blessing of Abraham that he was blessed to be a blessing. Alright. So we, we've reviewed that. We looked at all of that. And I hope by now you're convinced that that's what God has called us to do. So those of you who are joining us on YouTube, welcome. Facebook, Instagram Live, welcome. Twitter Spaces, Spirit FM, Spirit TV, and other televisions. And so today I want us to talk about the grace of generosity. The grace of generosity. In, in 2016, I was somewhere, it was 5 o'clock, about 5 o'clock p.m. And I remember God speaking to me. Now, the problem with God speaking to you is that you can't prove it to people. You can only prove it by results. Yeah. 
If you say God told you to marry a girl, we will only know he told you to marry that girl when you marry that girl. Yeah. yeah. It's by result. Yeah. So be careful when you say God told you because suddenly we are now waiting for the results. So God told me, <laughs> and you're waiting for the results, in 2016, five years ago, that you will break the curse of poverty through unprecedented generosity. That was God's word to me. Okay? Because where I come from, there are not too many wealthy people, to put it lightly. So sometimes you find that you are in the same category as me. You were first generation, someone trying to create wealth. To break the curse of poverty. In fact, some of you probably are saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. because you, you think that what you have is wealth. <laughs> Just because you can afford to buy a plot and build a house, you consider yourself among the wealthy. Wow. It's because you haven't, you know, you're not well read and traveled. But <laughs> you will. What? Break the curse of poverty through unprecedented generosity. Yeah. I believe that word and I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. Now, Paul writes to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 8. We are going to go there. Verse 1 and 2. He says, Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. Now, this is very interesting language. Because it's talking about affliction, deep poverty, abundance of joy, riches of their liberality in the same sentence. It's like there are things that are not supposed to easily come together. In fact, before I go too far, let's read it in the Passion Translation so that then you, 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 the English is easier for you there. He says, beloved ones. So he's writing to people who are already beloved. He's writing to people who already know their position in Christ. For those who, when they tell you about generosity, you think we are challenging your righteousness. No. Beloved ones, we must tell you about the grace God poured, poured. The grace God, I'm going to come back to that word grace and, and, and help you see something. The grace God poured out upon the churches of Macedonia. He says, for even during a season of severe difficulty, that's the first thing you must take note of, 
a season of severe difficulty. I think the last two years have been a season of severe difficulty for a lot of people. That's one. Two, tremendous suffering. They became even more filled with joy. And then it says, from the depths of their extreme poverty, superabundant joy overflowed into an act, act of extravagant generosity. Now, I, I want you to combine. I know, I know there is a reason English was compulsory until senior four. It was for moments like this. Let's combine. Tremendous suffering. Ah, severe difficulty. Plus, tremendous suffering. Plus, extreme poverty. How can that equal to extravagant generosity? I will repeat. Severe difficulty. Plus, you know, this is, not a, this, this is not a logical math equation. They're talking about grace. Grace defies logic. Because the person in severe difficulty, going through tremendous suffering, and their state, the financial status is described as extreme poverty. How can such a person have two things, superabundant joy and extravagant generosity. It's because God poured grace upon them. Grace is divine enablement. Grace is when by the will of God, upon consulting no one, he bestows upon you capacity to do things that astound the rest of the people. Yeah. They keep wondering, how, how, how is she able to hold that knot? Grace. Yeah. Because you, they, they tell you to hold a knot that is four semitones below it and, and, and you can't hold it. It's grace. How is she able to, how, how? Grace. It's grace. Grace is what God does of his own volition. God, by grace, decided to love you. And he said, I'm going to love you independent of your reaction. That's grace. Now, here's what's interesting. Grace, when not responded to bears no fruit. Grace must be responded to for fruitfulness to happen. Paul writes in Galatians and says, I do not take the grace of God in vain. In other words, you can take the grace of God in vain. Yeah. When God gives you a natural gift to sing by grace, the expected response is that you become disciplined 
about singing and you do your vocal drills and you take less soda and other such things so that then we see the fruitfulness of that grace. But, so here we are, God has poured out grace, the grace for generosity on people who are very poor, who are going through incredible difficulty, who are suffering. And what did they do? They didn't say, God, we appreciate uh, your grace, uh, but have you heard of COVID? God. Uh, I, yeah. I appreciate your grace about my marriage, but do you know have, do, have you ever seen my husband, God? Yeah. Yeah, I, I appreciate your grace, Mbuno, evangelism, what, what, yeah. I also agree. The anointing is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to, to, for he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. But, but have you ever heard me preach? So you can respond to grace like that. But these people, they responded positively. Faith is our positive response what God has done by grace. When God pours out his grace upon you and says, Mose, you shall break the curse of poverty through unprecedented generosity. That's grace. You see, grace comes to you in a word. The word of God is grace. Because the greatest inheritance you'll ever have as a child of God is the word of God. So it's grace. When God tells, how, God tells Abraham, get up, go out to a place I'll show you, etc. I'll make you this, I'll make you that. Who, whoever blesses you, I'll bless. Whoever curses you, I'll curse. What's that? That's grace. Grace is the invitation to walk with God in the power of God. And not in your own strength. So Abraham starts walking with God. And God is, the grace if Abraham had stayed home, he would not have, we would not be talking about Abraham today. Because it means even though God had given the word and the instruction and the promise, he couldn't. Grace is when Jesus is walking by the, 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 the pool of Bethesda. And there's a man there, he has been there 38 years. Crippled. Every time he's about to get into the pool, someone gets in before him. And Jesus, the embodiment of grace, releases a one two, a, a short phrase. Pick up your bed and walk. That is grace. That is grace. Because there is no expectation whatsoever that this man who has been crippled for 38 years has capacity in himself in, on his own strength to pick up a bed. It can only be God. And yet he must respond. He must respond. And today we read about him. We don't know his name. 
But we read about him because he dared respond to a ridiculous instruction from a man he did not know. Because later on they were asking him, and he said, I don't know that, that, that person. The person who told me to pick up my bed, I don't know him. Because you, we are talking about, to you about Jesus because you know Jesus, you've read him in the Bible. This man didn't know that this was Jesus. To him, it was just another man who is walking around with, his, with people following him. And then some guy you've never seen, there's no Instagram, there's no Facebook, they've never sent you a WhatsApp message. Some guy comes to the pool where you've been for 38 years and tells you, pick up your bed and walk. And then you pick it up and walk. And it's on the Sabbath day. So they are questioning him. Who, who, what do you believe? He said, me, I don't know anything. I just know a man told me to pick up my bed and I picked it. That is faith. That is response to grace. Grace. When God tells you, plant a location, a church. Yeah? <laughs> Look, God has no expectation whatsoever that you are capable of saving people from their sins. <laughs> No, 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 no. Since when did you start saving people from their sins? It, it's, it, yeah. it's the power starts flowing when you say, Yes, I'll do it. And then you're like, That is the deadly combination of grace plus faith. And the faith I'm talking about is not talk faith. I'm talking about that talk faith is dead faith. James says faith without works, without activity, without a corresponding action is dead. It's not even sick. It's dead. So you go see a counselor, you're having issues with your wife. Then you go home and do absolutely nothing. And you're expecting your marriage to get better just because they prayed for you. You'll just go back to see a counselor again. Because there has been no corresponding action to the word. Grace. Oh, that we would learn the unsearchable riches of Christ and his grace. You receive the word. You start operating it. You start walking in it. And then you see the power of God. These Macedonians, they were so poor. They were going through difficulty. They were going through uh, severe difficulty and what? Tremendous suffering. How can you come to people who are going through severe difficulty, tremendous suffering, and extreme poverty, and tell them, you're now blessed to be a blessing? There are some brethren in Judea who need food supplies. What? So you are the one giving the money. Huh? What did they do? What did they do? Verse 3. 
for I bear witness. <laughs> this is real faith. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability. This is when you've been crippled for 38 years and they tell you to pick up your bed. That's not that's beyond your ability. Yeah. When you've been saved for only one and a half years and they tell you to plant a church, that's beyond your ability. When you're so shy and introverted and they tell you we are going for evangelism on Sunday afternoon, that's beyond your ability. Beyond their ability, they were freely willing. Next verse. Imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. Imploring us. Begging us. Let's read it in the Passion Translation so we can deal with it once and for all. For I can verify that they spontaneously gave not only according to their means but far beyond what they could afford. Now, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> this is funny. It's like, yeah, you know, because you're a pastor, you know people. You know, and you know people. Yeah, you know people. You love people. You, you, you try and you helping people with their finances, helping them get better, saving. You, you're insisting that they pay their debts, etc. Then some fellow makes a pledge for a rise and build or buy the land. And even you who was the one who was urging people to pledge and telling them, please give sacrificially what, what, what. When you see that pledge, when you see the name and then you see that pledged amount. You want to go back to the person and say, I understand your, 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 your heart for the, for the house of God. Uh, I know your motives are pure. Uh, uh, and I know you really want to serve God with your life. But uh, how are you going to pay this pledge? <laughs> because, because I know a little bit about your financial ability. And uh, I'm not connecting the two. Yeah, there are people who pledge and you want to beg them to reduce their pledge. Or not even reduce. Divide. Because like, yeah, now, now you are now starting to think about them and their well-being. Now, this is <laughs> Far beyond what they could afford. Like, look. What's this? What, 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 what's going to happen? Now, see, see what, what, what happens in verse 4. They actually begged us for the privilege of sharing in, the, in this ministry of giving to God's holy people who are living in poverty. They, these are the ones in extreme poverty. They were begging the other people to give them. Take me back to NKJV verse 4. Are, are you there? 
Are you blessed to be a blessing? Imploring us with much urgency. Now, imagine yourself. You know, when I use church examples, people will think we are desperate for money and we are fundraising. No, we are not. So you can take it whichever you want, but let's assume it was something else. There's a wedding in your family and there's a family meeting and people are making what? Pledges. And you, you are imploring the chairman hmm, of the meeting with much urgency to take your money. Like, chairman, chairman, I want to that's what we call imp- Pastor Bless will come. <laughs> Imploring us. Huh? Huh? It's like here is my money. Maybe it's location. You're raising money for what? Venue. Venue hire. And, and people come, land. Like here. And then you're like, uh uh uh. Let's be careful. I know you are, you love the Lord, what 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 but you have to take care of your family, what what, what? Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I you've given enough for it. Uh, 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 I want to give more money, I want to take my money, take my money. Imploring the Musumba with much urgency. Like, the money cannot leave my account, my phone, my wallet quickly enough to the church account or to the treasurer's account of that wedding or to the whatever, you know, mission or community uh, frontier. We, they are, this, that thing we are doing, we are buying food for people. Match what? I want you to imagine yourself. Because then, then that's the scripture. You're imploring with much. What, what people instead do? Come. Do you have some energy? Yes, I do. Huh? Yes, I do. So you've put out a what? A, a, a pledge thing for buy the land, arise and build, location what? Or why you are the chairman of the, of the wedding? Kakati, Mose is a member of the family. So the, the, they've said everyone must give because you're a member of the family. Some people, their giving is like this. No, 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 no. This is not imploring with much urgency. <laughs> It's like when you're giving is like a, a, a violent arrest. It's like it's, it's like look, it's like they are violently arresting you. Your money is that attached to you that to take it from you, they must take you along. You to finally give that thirty-seven thousand shillings. You are not imploring the people with much urgency. No. No, 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 no. You are being 
dragged along. That is not grace. Yeah. That's not, you're no longer operating in grace. It's grace when it's coming from your heart and you're the one like, I want to give. I want to give. David, David, David desperately wanted to build the temple. God told him, I have heard your prayer. But you've killed too many people. So let your son build the temple. What did he do? He said, okay, thank you, Lord. He went and put together all the money needed to build the temple. And said, here it is. Let me die and leave all the money behind. So Auntie God has said, your son will build, but he hasn't put a provision of where the resources should come from. So he put up all the money needed for the temple, and then he died. Now, some of you, you make a pledge of 37,000 to the wedding. And if they come and say, the president has said only 20 people. It's going to be a COVID what? Wedding. You start rejoicing. I don't have to give my 37,000. I don't have to give my 37,000. Oh, I don't have to give my 37,000. Do I have a band behind me? I don't have to give my 37,000. Oh, I don't have to give. My 37,000, what's happening here? I don't have to give. My 37,000, hey! I don't have to give. My 37,000, I don't have to give. I don't have to give. I don't have to give. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> You're evil if you think like that. Yeah, let's just get to that. You're evil. Like, in fact, some people make wedding pledges and they keep hoping the wedding doesn't happen so, so they don't need to pay. us keep, keep, keep the music going keep. imploring us with much urgency are you imploring your pastor with much urgency to receive the gift for church planting are you imploring your parents with much urgency to receive an honor gift from you? Are you imploring the family members, the groom and the bride, with much urgency to receive your contribution? 
Are you imploring the neighbors with much urgency to receive your contribution to their rent? Are you imploring the people in the restaurant with much urgency to receive your paying of the bill? Are you imploring the car in front of you at the petrol station with much urgency to fill their tank? Are you imploring God with much urgency to receive? Or are you saying, I don't have to give my 37,000? Thank God I don't have to give my 37,000. Hey! I don't have to give my 37,000. I don't want to give my 37,000 backups, backups. I don't want to give. watching us from other places this is Uganda's shillings yeah. not US dollars <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that, that's ten dollars I don't have to give 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 my ten dollars okay let's move the Hey, who is that? Who is that? We're in the middle of a sermon, you people. Hey. Verse 5. Keep the music going. Verse 5. We are already in the mood to get this sermon going. And not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God you see giving has an order giving has an order you first give yourself to who? the Lord the ultimate giver of life the guy who somehow ensures that your heart is beating even when you're sleeping and after that Pastor Jango, my pastor, you are my pastor today. You then give yourself to your pastor, to the vision. Because they gave themselves to us by the will of God. It is the will of God. It is the will of God for you to give yourself to whichever church God has called you to. 
Yeah. It's outside of the will of God for you to be independent. Me, I decide what I do with my money. Okay. It's okay. Come on, keep it. Keep your little money. Yeah, you decide. For, for me, I don't decide. God decides for me what to do with the money that he has given me. And because I've given myself to this ministry by the will of God, I have no problem giving money to the ministry. So you first give yourself to the Lord. Then you give yourself to the family. The spiritual family God has brought you to. And then you give your money. Why? He says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I remember reading in Pastor Robert Morris's book, The Blessed Life, one of the best books you'll ever read, really. And describes the situation where a young man fell in love with his daughter and wanted to marry her. Pastor Morris didn't waste time checking this. He only checked his tithing record. That's all. Yeah, that's all. Because where your treasure is, your heart will be also. If a man is returning his tithe to the Lord faithfully every single time, you can trust him with your daughter. The rest are thieves. Yeah, that's all he checked for. And the guy's tithing record was clean weekly, except one weekend where he delayed to give the tithe and he had an explanation. He eventually gave it, but there was a, sl- a short delay. And he had an explanation for it. He just said, yeah, you, your heart is after God, you can take care of my daughter. The worst thing that can ever happen to you is to be in, in union with a person whose heart is not after God because they will hurt you and there is no reference point. The evidence of your heart being in a thing is how much you spend on it. The evidence... So the Bible says God looks... Man looks on the outside. But God looks at the heart. So you're there looking for friends. You want to be Moses' friend because you've looked on the outside. He looks like he's an okay guy. Oh, you don't know. You don't know. No, no, no. The only way you can tell the person's heart and where it is, is where they are spending. So if they largely spend on themselves, then their heart is on themselves. If they largely spend on things of God, their heart is on things of God. If they largely spend in the restaurant, Yeah, then they are led by their stomach largely. So we urged Titus that as he had begun, so he would also complete this grace in you as well. He would also complete this grace in you as well. Sometimes you need help. <laughs> Sometimes you need the help of someone else to complete the grace of God in you. Because you may have begun, but you also cut it Yeah. So someone comes along and says, mm-mm. 
wedding, so-and-so's wedding, how much have you pledged? 37,000? Oh, no, 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 no. Is that in Kenya shillings? For our friends in Nairobi, 37,000 as a contribution to wedding can be acceptable. This ends. That will not even cover the food you will eat if you attend. So you're going to the wedding as a deficit. I don't have to give my 37,000. Harmonize it. I don't have to give my 37,000. Me. I don't have to give my 37,000. helping you for complete the grace of God the grace of giving in your life who you probably are criticizing instead including those of you who are watching right now uh, and someone has distributed lemons in your sitting room and you squeeze you know when you squeeze the lemon up here then the lemon juice just comes like this and then verse 7 but as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. In other words, send me the one on Pastor Blesson. You can abound. Abounding is like you are exploding in that area. He says, because we're saying the Corinthians, you guys are already abounding in faith. In other words, if, if anyone has a problem, they just come to you. You'll make the lame walk, you whatever. Yeah, you're abounding in speech. Your preaching is out of this world. When you open your mouth to speak, people are like, the Lord has spoken. In knowledge, hey, you know exactly why that comma is there in the book of Leviticus. Yeah, and why in the next phrase they use a semicolon instead of a comma because you have depth of revelation you abound in what? in knowledge you know the Greek version you know the Hebrew version and, and you walk around with a lexicon do you know a lexicon? Mulinga you are Yeah, faith, speech, knowledge, in all diligence, hard working. If you're on the ushering team, six o'clock, you have arrived. You have cleaned the chairs. You have put the, the rubbish bins. You've what? You, eh, you, you've painted the wall. If you're an MC leader, your Zoom link goes out to the members on Wednesday morning. You don't wait for MC Live to send your Zoom link and then you don't even appear. No. It goes in the morning. You are there. <laughs> diligence. Diligence. And in your love for us, you love 
Pastor Blesso, you love Pastor Mose, you you're like those are my pastors. When 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 you switch on YouTube and or whatever Facebook, hey, that's my Musumba. Yeah, you excited about Nayenga Bambi? You're not abounding in this grace. Sisters, you see how you can force a brother in who is you see how you can force a brother who is in faith, in speech, knowledge, diligence, love for you are like mm. you, before you know it, you are at Pastor Angela's desk. I, I, I have found the one. I have found the one. I have found the one. My heart is beating. <laughs> Because I have found the one. I have found the one. Pastor, this guy, when I look at him, my heart goes like. You're there, you don't know he's singing another song. I don't have to give my 37,000. Hey! My heart is seven thousand. Hey, I don't have to give. My heart is seven thousand. We are running out of time. No, and then you fall in love. All these things you are seeing. Uh, uh, let me tell you something. All this faith, diligence, good speaking. What? 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 They have nothing to do with the state of the person's heart. Hey. So you get fooled into all of it and you walk down the aisle. You go home to be married to this person. And then you're like, oh my God. I thought I married a man of God. You use the wrong metrics. Because it doesn't say where your faith is, your... <laughs> It doesn't say where your speech is. It doesn't say where your knowledge, your diligence. No, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. So you marry a brother who, 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 who talks well. Give me back my other verse. Talks well, is deep at home when you're reading the Bible. He's pointing out all the commas and whatever. It is, it is. Even, even, even 37,000. To, to buy goge. Go <laughs> you have to fight for every last coin in your marriage to get anything. But at church, everyone, all the people love the brother. They, they respect him. But in your heart, you're like, I wish they knew what he is like at home. I speak not by commandment. Worship harvest. I speak not by commandment. But I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. You know, other people's diligence can test the sincerity of your love for the Lord. If you want to ever find out your love for the Lord, just look at other people's giving. Yeah. yeah. I looked at 
because I disciple them, I know they are giving. The Okulos, I looked at their giving in 2020 and I repented, repented. I'm like, I'm their leader. I am their leader. I was tested. You know when the people you lead are out giving you, not by amount, but by proportion. Then you should be asking yourself, should I be leading this person? Because they definitely love the Lord more than you do. Ah, verse 8 in the Passion Translation. Please don't, don't switch to another you broadcast. This is the one of worship harvest. I am not saying this as though I were issuing an order. Pastor Angela, please come and we finish. But to stir you to greater love by mentioning the enthusiasm of the Macedonians as a challenge to you. You see, I'm stirring you to greater love by mentioning the enthusiasm of the Oculos and others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich yet for your sake, he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. In other words, he is the one who shows us the way being rich wasn't enough for him. He makes the radical decision to become poor for us. His enthusiasm in giving not only resources, but first of all, he gave himself to the Lord to his father, he gave himself to us, and therefore there is nothing he's withholding from you. Yeah. Like he says, they first gave themselves to the Lord. They first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. So, you're watching us and the first thing you need to do is give yourself to the Lord. That's the most important decision you're going to make. Because when you give yourself to the Lord, there is nothing else that you have to worry about because he'll take care of you. Pastor Blesso, come and invite these people to give themselves to the Lord. It's the best decision you will ever make in your life. The decision to receive Christ. To give your life to the one who gave himself, who gave his all for you. And I'd like you to take a step of faith wherever you are right now in this moment. So just put up your hand. Put up your hand. I see your hand going up wherever you are in that room, in that home, in that car. I'd like you to just put up your hand and say these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, this morning I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I receive your love for me. I receive forgiveness of sins. I thank you that I am now your son. I am your child. And I declare that I am born again. Take my life and do something significant with it. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you say that prayer, you are born again. There is a party. There is jubilation. There is rejoicing in heaven. And I would like you to contact us on the number that is running on your screen. And for those of us that are on Spirit FM, 0775-642-449. We would like to walk this journey with you and help you grow and make sense of the decision that you've just 
made right now because it is the best decision you'll ever make. Amen. Apostle Moza received the word that he would break the back of poverty with radical generosity. As he was going through the story of Macedonians and talking about the fact that there was a grace poured out on that church, members of Worship Harvest, and whoever is listening right now, whoever is watching, a grace has been poured out. A grace of generosity has been poured out. Receive the grace of generosity. And what has Apostle Moses said? You're being invited to walk with God in the power of God. You're being invited to break the back of poverty through radical generosity so that you can walk with God to break the back of poverty through radical generosity with the power of God to break the back of poverty through radical generosity. And God is asking you to say yes. God is asking you to be faithful with what you have. Abmo keeps saying that when they talk about the church, it's not this building over here. It's in your life, it's in your home, it's in your family. God is inviting us to break the back of poverty in our homes, in our families. For some of you, poverty has to end with you. It's not going to be carried on to our children. To break the back of poverty, no more will children be chased out of school because of school fees. No more will people be chased out of their homes because of rent. No more will children and people die in hospital because of no money. No more will people become sick because they don't have drinking water. No more. No more. No more. Let's start being generous. God is inviting you and it's his power. We're going to continue what we did last week. Let's give every single day. Remember, if there's a grace, it means that God, you know, he knows you can't do it. Okay, so by faith, we are going to give every single day. God wants to heal you today. God wants to heal you today. Whatever sickness you are carrying, God wants to heal you. He's dealing with just head things. Head things. Someone has been feeling a, a sharp, it's almost like a sharp pain in your ear. You can't really, t it's, it's like around, you don't know whether it's the back of your jaw or in your ear, but there's pain there. And God is healing you right now in the name of Jesus. Someone has been getting pain in their eyes when there's a lot of light. God is healing you in the name of Jesus. Someone, as you open and close your eyes, you feel like grains over your eyes. Receive your healing in the name of Jesus. Someone has been getting pain, pain in your nose as you breathe. Receive healing in the name of Jesus. I say no to migraines. I say no to confusion. I say no to whatever is, is, is bothering your head. You are healed in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this great, great service you've given us this morning. 
we speak healing to all those who are in need of healing of any part of your body we command healing upon you from your head to your feet there shall be no infirmity in your mind in your emotions in your flesh in your body in the name of Jesus we rebuke it we curse it we send it out of your body we 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 rebuke the thief the destroyer he will have no impact influence in your life anymore we come against bad dreams that bring fear into your life no more fear in the name of Jesus we come against traps of the enemy to harm you traps in the night traps in different environments attacks physical attacks against your person we stop that in the name of Jesus he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in in your ways all of your days they shall uphold you you will not dash your foot against the stone so we speak protection we put a hedge of protection around your life no evil shall come near your dwelling no sickness shall come to your household we speak wholeness we speak deliverance mighty deliverances mighty deliverances from habits habits that have held you and brought shame where you can't even talk about it we speak i declare a mighty mighty deliverance today 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 no more no more shall you be held captive by that habit trying to keep you down you are free child of god you are free child of god you are set free thank you jesus thank you jesus for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.